0: It's a startling statistic that if cybercrime was its own country, it would have the third largest economy after the U.S. and China. That's how lucrative it is. And that's why agriculture is the second largest target, because farming and food is critical infrastructure. And cybercriminals know that there will be a payout to restore those agribusinesses. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and this is the word from Special Agent Byron Franz with the Milwaukee Division of the FBI. He starts with why farms are at risk.
1: Well, agriculture obviously is a very critical sector to the U.S. economy, if not the world. Food and agriculture, people eating is critical to everybody. And I can tell you that cyber threat actors are increasingly targeting food and agriculture businesses in the United States because they know that the likelihood of the payout is greater because it's so critical. It's a critical infrastructure. And and it's gotten worse because the attack surface continues to grow with the use on farms and so on of Internet of Things devices, IoT devices in all segments of their work, you know, to remotely operate machinery and record things and all the software that goes into compiling things can be under an attack. And in saying that, all segments of the food and agriculture sector, all the way from farm to the table, are actually targeted by cyber attacks. You know, with the likelihood being some sectors more than others. I know we're more far talking about farmers, but the example is credential stuffing, which is where they maybe have compromised one of your accounts and try to reuse it to get in another one and fire it off in rapid succession it's more likely to hit the retail part of the food and agriculture. But something we can talk about called a business email compromise would be more likely impacting a large food manufacturer than a small farmer. But ransomware, ransomware is a deadly threat against everybody, including the small farmer.
0: And even if we just look at headlines over the past few years, ransomware attacks on commodity trading firms, meat packers, and grain cooperatives. So any size and any commodity can be attacked, it sounds like.
1: Yes, and, and I can say I, I don't want to divorce the fact that even though we're talking about cyber, we have to understand that also farming is a business. And the, the commodity of trade secrets or intellectual property or business information which is the lifeblood of the farming sector and the industrial sector, is also under attack by cyber means or by physical means. And that, I mean, that agriculture has not been immune of people trying to steal secrets from farming and seeding and so on. And as an example, I'll give you that there are several instances where uh, individuals have been caught. And I'll give you an example. Like in 2011, um, a guy named Mo Long who was working for a Chinese tech group, was spotted crawling through Iowa corn corn rows twice and pocketing Pioneer and Monsanto seed corn. Through an investigation, he was subsequently charged and convicted of, I believe it was conspiracy to steal trade secrets. Even more recently, a guy named Zhang Haitao in like 2022 was convicted of conspiracy to commit economic espionage um, by basically trying to steal from Monsanto, an online farming platform that analyzed field data for nutrients. And he had to be stopped at the airport and um, was ultimately charged of trying to steal those secrets. So you see agricultural producers, the seed manufacturers and so on with their software and their seed products being targeted. And the United States may actually hemorrhage upwards of $600 billion in trade secret information to other countries that we compete with.
0: These are just what maybe we've seen in the news, but I'm sure agriculture is being targeted all the time. What's the relationship between the FBI's work and tackling these threats?
1: We have our state and local partners in law enforcement. Here in Wisconsin, the state has a really great presence with the DCI, which is the state's version of the FBI. They're a great resource from the state government. The FBI actually um, is involved with investigating all kinds of cyber threats, and individuals can go online and fill out an online complaint form with our www.ic3.gov portal. And I can tell you since COVID hit that complaints on that portal went up over 300 percent because Basically, people started remoting. And by using remote platforms, you increase the attack surface where you can be attacked. So, And and why is that? Well, one private firm actually said that if measured as the size of an economy, then cyber, cyber theft, cyber attacks would be the third largest economy after the U.S. and China. So the, the FBI has a very big part to play, but there's other actors out there like the Department of Homeland Security has the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency called CISA, C I S A. They have a bunch of free stuff on their website which people can access, which would give them great advice on how to protect the small, mid sized, and large farmers' businesses. But when it comes down to actually investigating these people, that's the FBI's province and our state and local partners. Here in Wisconsin and throughout the Midwest, we have great relationships. With the food and agriculture sector, and um, we have the we have cyber labs, cyber investigators, and we routine, routinely get complaints and act upon them. Um, we have to like address them within a few days, so we're on the time timer starts up moment one of those complaints gets done in, so the FBI has a part to play, but people have to make that call, and what I can say is that um You may not want to suffer in silence because these kinds of people, they're just not going to stop unless somebody makes them stop. I mean, they're not going to be glutted with money, which is the primary motivation of cyber attacks. The question is, you may be a good custodian of your house, your business, a good parent to your your farm or whatever, but are you a good neighbor? And I would argue that a, a good neighbor would say, hey, I got hurt and I don't want the people around me to be heard as well. So we need those facts, those IP addresses, the data from the attack that have impacted you, so we can go after these people with legal process and our investigative techniques to stop them in their tracks.
0: I want to follow up with something you said, Byron, about money being the primary motive. What are some of the other motives, though, aside from money?
1: There are countries and individuals that also seek potentially to target the United States, and it, through its, uh, its critical infrastructures for, say, cyber terrorism or other avenues to actually turn off the switch, not only turning off the switch on power or water, but obviously are uh, disrupting the food supply uh, or make people dis- distrusting it. So in all that food to table, a cyber attack can disable that chain anywhere along the line in transportation, Uh, on the farm or all the different devices that are used, so all of which needs to be protected. We always say that that, um, a defender like us or a farmer has to be 100% of the time you have to be on the watch, but a hacker only has to be successful 1% of the time to get into those uh, defenses. So we have to think of ourselves as like basically setting up little cyber fortresses to stop these attacks.
0: Let's talk prevention. How do we set up our cyber fortresses on just your average agribusiness?
1: First is, I don't know how many employees have, but anyone who has access to the network in uh, a small business, including a farm, needs to be educated about the types of threats. And the primary types of threats that we see usually are um, when hackers find uh, a vulnerability. And that means that uh, there's a there's a hole in a software that you're using, either home or at work, that can be exploited by a hacker. And the best way to do that is that all these manufacturers of software, they're always patching and updating. Patching and updating on a continual basis is the first and best way to save yourself. And I can say that, that almost every update you get is related to a security flaw. So you want to have those updates done routinely if not automatically. Um, the second way you get attack is through um, primarily is through phishing and spear phishing. What it is is that that's a targeted attack against you um, based upon email and text where they're trying to get you to click on a link or download an attachment of some sort which has malware, uh, bad software attached that allows them access to your to your network. So. Um, Phishing is mass-distributed pain. That means people are sending this out pretending to be an Amazon scam or Norton or well-known providers that people may be utilizing that the attackers are pretending to be these people and conning them into, hey, you have to do this to patch this. You should always be, when you get these kinds of attacks, is to be extremely aware when you are asked to do something that has urgency, almost I won't say 100%, but most of these attacks against farmers and individuals are an email or attacks that you didn't ask for. Usually that's the first key. I didn't ask for this. And two is that they're saying you need to do this right now. Why? Because they don't want you to think about it. They don't want you to come to your senses and say this isn't a good idea to click on this or do this. Now, phishing is mass distributed. Spear phishing is where they're actually looking at your profile. You've got to think about how, what could you you what you're putting out to make yourself marketable and socialize with your friends that could be used to hurt you in the court of cyber law, so to speak? What is on my social profiles, my LinkedIn, my Facebook? that's available for a hacker to say, "Hmm, can I send an email to them because I know they're into this?" So they're trying to send you a cyber poison and put it in your 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 basically your your cyber food to get you to eat that cyber poison. What will you take a bite of?
0: But luckily, Byron, there are a lot of techniques for folks to use to protect themselves against this type of uh, phishing.
1: The first and foremost I'd say is multi-factor or dual factor authentication. That means something more than a password. Multi-factor is something you know, something you are, or something you have. Something you know is a password. It doesn't matter how many passwords you got, it's still only one factor. You, something you you are is like biometrics, like a thumb swipe on your on your phone, and something you have is like a changing token, like providers like RSA and others provide. Like that's where, and I'm not advocating a product or service, but that's where one half is a password and the other is a changing number or something that changes every minute. It's really hard for a, a hacker to get through multi-factor authentication.
0: But when it comes to the password part of the multi-factor authentication, Byron, the FBI reminds us again to make sure
1: those passwords are strong, right? You've got to make it complex. Don't make it your dog, your kid, or something else. The first part of an attack is basically called a dictionary attack. That's where they're just using well-known phrases and names and stuff really, really fast to see if they can compromise you. Don't make it that easy. You want to have like a, a passphrase or something that's long, that's not easily guessable by the attacker. You want to also make sure you're using a good software to pre- protect yourself. There are lots of providers out there you can use to protect yourself that scans your network for threats and so on. And, and farmers should consider always, do they have, should they have cyber insurance? I'm not advocating for the industry, but it does have its pros and cons. You have – cyber insurance actually pays for the forensic IT company to come out and help you remediate or fix up your network after it's been attacked and provides attorneys that can guide you through the process. And along with all that is making sure you're having backups. Adequate backups save you because if a ransomware encrypts everything – which is the predominant way we're getting attacked, is ransomware. You can restore everything from this, whether it's on the cloud or a drive that you plugged in and unplug. That unplugged drive thrown in a corner may save your business. Prevention is important, and and making those relationships with companies nearby you, lawyers, pen testers, IT firms, and, of course, the FBI and local law enforcement will always bear fruit in the long run.
0: Special Agent Byron Franz along with us with the Milwaukee Division of the FBI. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.